Amen. Amen. You can all be seated. Well, good morning. It's uh, great to have you all here today. My name's Noah, if I haven't met you yet. Easter. We've just had this great four days off. We've had fantastic experiences like Easter in the park. We've caught up with family. We've relaxed. We've, we've spent time unwinding. We've reset. But all too quickly, Friday becomes Monday, and all too quickly, Monday becomes Tuesday. And when we get to Tuesday, we just so easily slip back into the old routines, right? And it forces us to ask, did what we just do mean anything? Like, sure, we've just celebrated that Jesus rose again, but here I am on the Tuesday, and I'm scoffing wheat bix because I'm late to work again, and you're trying to get the kids in the car, and it's just crazy. See, what does Easter mean for the Tuesdays of life when we've gone back into the routines? And I want to share with you today about how the resurrection changes everything. It changes everything, and particularly two points. Number one is it changes us on the inside, and number two is it sends us out. It changes us on the inside, and it sends us out. So hey, let's pray again, and we'll get started. Father God, thank you that we can get together today. Lord, I don't have anything to say unless you say it, so Lord, would you speak through me today? Uh, And would you open our hearts, open our ears to hear what you're saying to us today? In Jesus' name, amen. So, the resurrection. The resurrection leaves us with no doubt that God is in the business of setting things right, of restoring things, of redeeming broken things, of bringing things back to their former glory, of reviving dead things. And we see this uh, in... To to give it some context, I've got a verse from Isaiah here. It should come up on the screen. And it says this, In Isaiah, God said to the people, his people, he said, Forget the former things. Forget the way things have always been. Don't dwell on the past. Because see, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I'm, 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 I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. I'm doing a new thing. And you know, that new thing was Jesus. That new thing was Easter. Because when you think about it, the way things have always been is this. Do this and you get X. Obey these rules and you'll be good enough. Be good enough and God will bless you. The way things always have been is you get what you pay for. You get what you deserve. But Easter, Easter tells us that while we were still sinners, while we didn't have it all together, while we were still broken, Christ loved us and he he died for us and he rose again for us. The resurrection brings us this, this new life, this second chance. And so my first point that I want to make and want to share with you is that the resurrection has to change us on the inside. Now, think about it. I've got some imagery here. So stay with me. We all have tombs in our lives, places where we bury dead things. Now, stay with me. I know it sounds a little weird, but stay with me. We all have dreams that once we held so close, but 
now it seems like they're so past being achievable that we bury them deep down. We all have relationships that once held so much promise, but now it seems like the hurt and the, the pain of the past and rejection is so great that we just bury them deep down. Or people that we care about deeply, that we desperately want them to, to know Jesus, but it seems like they're too far gone, and so we bury any hope that anything could change deep down. We all have dead things inside of us that we've buried. And I guess when we do, we do that, because it saves us from feeling the pain. It saves us from, from hoping because we give up hoping that things could change. We give up hoping that God could use our brokenness. We, we give up and we get into routines of surviving. But the resurrection, the resurrection tells us that there is no dead thing that God cannot drag out of that tomb alive. See, Romans 8, 11, should be on the screen, says this, The Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And if that same spirit that God raised Jesus from the dead with is in you, then he'll bring life to your mortal bodies through that spirit living within you. And while this isn't to say that everything will be set right here and now, Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble. We still live with pain and brokenness and sickness, and, and we spend decades praying for things with seemingly no answer but the resurrection. The resurrection tells us that we cannot afford not to hope. We cannot afford not to hope. See, one of the first uh, followers of Jesus, they went through this traumatic experience as they saw their Savior, Jesus, die on the cross. But then a, a few years, I guess a few weeks later, they're testifying with this, Acts 2.32. They say, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. We're witnesses of it. We've seen it with our own eyes. And if you're a Christian, if you've seen the testimony of Jesus, you've looked at Jesus and you've seen for yourself that God has raised this Jesus to life, if you've seen that God has done that, and if Paul is right, that that same spirit that did that, that raised Christ, is now in you, then we cannot afford not to hope. So that's my first point, is that when we see the resurrection, it changes us on the inside. It brings us this new hope where we had none. It brings us this new life, this second chance. And it changes us on the inside, point number one. But it can't just stay on the inside. Because point number two is that the resurrection must also send us out. It must also send us out. Hey, things look a little different around here, right? Maybe? Yes, yes. Things look a little different. It's the same church, but things look a bit different. And I bet for the disciples, for Jesus' followers after Easter, things would have looked a bit different after Easter as well. Think about it. It's the same Garden of Gethsemane, where, but... To the disciples, things look a bit different. They've seen Jesus weeping in that garden. It's the same streets of Jerusalem where they walk, but things look a bit different. They've seen Jesus' blood poured out on those streets. 
It's the same upper room, but things look a bit different where once Jesus had poured himself out in the Last Supper, now he's pouring himself into the disciples through his Spirit. It's the same places, it's the same people, but things look a bit different because here's the thing, Easter does not afford us the opportunity for things to stay the way they've always been. See, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is that on Good Friday, God meets us at the person of Jesus in our point of need, and and we see that Jesus is God identifying with our shame, identifying with our weakness, identifying with our past. Good Friday, the cross, is all about Jesus meeting us where we are. But the resurrection, the resurrection is us, is God, is, is the people of God, is humanity getting swept up into Christ's glory. It's God giving us this new life, this second chance. You see, while Good Friday, while the cross is about God meeting us where we are, the resurrection propels us forward. It propels us outward into a broken and a hurting world. And so... We see this in the Easter story. The first characters to show up on Resurrection Sunday are these friends of Jesus, these women. And they go to the tomb and they see that it's empty and they sort of freak out a bit. And when they see that and they hear that Jesus is alive, what happens? They're sent out. They're sent out with the force of a resurrection message behind them. And who's the next characters that appear? The disciples. The disciples hear that message and they're sent out with nothing to their names, but this is what we've seen. This is what we know. Jesus is alive. And it's actually, uh, the next verse on the screen is it's actually Jesus who sent them out. He said this. He's risen again and he shows up to his friends and he says, again, he said, peace be with you. And as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. He sends them. It keeps going. The church in Acts was sent out with the same resurrection message. One of the first Christian leaders, Paul, was sent out. Hey, the next verse is 1 Corinthians 15. And Paul, one of the first Christian leaders, said, if Christ hasn't been raised, our preaching is useless, our faith is useless, He may as well have said our lives are useless. We have no purpose. We have no meaning. But what does he say? But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. And he knew, he felt that same resurrection life that raised Jesus from the dead was in him, and it sent him out to the ends of the known world. You get the picture. The people who get this resurrection are sent out. The women were sent out. The disciples were sent out. And think about the disciples for a second. The disciples were the same people as before, but things looked a bit different. Whereas once these were these unschooled, ordinary men that society would have said could achieve nothing, but after the resurrection, these were the ones hand-picked by God to deliver a message that God is setting things right. He's redeeming broken things. It started with Easter, started with the resurrection, and then it moved to the disciples, it moved to the early church, and now it's moved to us. We're called out of obscurity, out of our empty lives, out of our pasts. 
And if this resurrection life has started in us, then we must also be sent out. So, if Paul is right, if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in us, and, 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 and that same new life that, that, that raised Jesus from the dead is in us, then what can we do but take it out into the streets of Korowa? We're sent out into our homes. We're sent out into our workplaces. We're sent out into our relationships and our schools. You see, if God has done this resurrection work, then we must also be sent out like the women, like the disciples, like the church, like Paul. Sent out with this hope, this new life, this second chance. And my question for you is this, church, are we sleeping in an empty tomb? Because we cannot afford to stay the way things have always been. We're sent out. We're sent out into a broken and a hurting world with a message of hope to say, He is our answer. It is finished. The tomb was empty. Christ is alive. He is risen. And the resurrected King is resurrecting us. So my prayer for you today is this. May you, and I don't know how you found yourself in church this morning, wherever you're coming from, it's awesome that you're here, but my prayer for you is this, that you would know the hope that Jesus' resurrection brings inside of you. May you know that it changes us on the inside. But if you've seen that, if you've seen that hope, if you've seen Jesus is raised and seen what that does, then may you also know that you, you, are sent out into Korowa with the hope and the message that the resurrection changes everything. Hey, we're going to pray, but rather than me just saying something up the front, we're going to spend some time in groups of four or five praying for each other and praying for Korowa. Now, uh, if, if this is new to you and uh, kind of a bit uncomfortable, feel free to just sit there. You don't have to join in, but we'd love you to. Uh, we're just going to pray for what's happening in our world and praying for our town because God knows that we need this resurrection hope inside of us. So turn around to the people next to you, look around, make sure no one's left out, praying in roughly groups of four or five, and yeah, awesome. Father, we thank you that you have resurrected us, that the resurrected King is resurrecting us. Lord, as we bring it back together, Lord, I just pray that you will be changing us, bringing this new life, this fresh hope, this resurrection life inside of us. Lord, may it not stay with us, but may it be sent out into the streets of Korowa. Lord, only you can do that change inside of us, and only you can change our community. So would you do that? Would you bring hope where there is none, with new life where there isn't any? For the glory of God of the risen Lord Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hey, awesome. We're going to sing one more song, so jump back in. in. But uh, one more point. One more point. Uh, after the song and after our service, there's a board over there which says mission on it, on mission. And below it, there's a big empty space. 
It would be awesome if, as you're having a cuppa, think about a name of someone that you would love for them to know this new hope. Go and write their name on the board. We're going to hopefully fill it up with names and pray over those names that they would have hope that Jesus brings. So let's go and do that after, after the service. But hey, I'm going to sing one more song.